Welcome to The Picklist, the podcast for curious food industry minds. I'm Julia Glotz, a writer, editor, and consultant specializing in food and drink. Every week, I'm joined by an expert guest to discuss the news, trends, and developments shaping food and grocery retail right now. You'll get a personal perspective on how business leaders and leading thinkers from different parts of our industry are making sense of the big issues. My guests will also share what's on their personal reading list, bringing you a curated selection of thought-provoking articles from the trade press, national media, and other titles. You can find links to all the articles and suggestions for further reading in the episode show notes and also on thepicklist.co.uk. Now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of The Picklist. I hope you're having a good week. I'm taking you on a journey to Colombia this week with my guest Angelica Camacho-Gonzalez. Angelica is a trade specialist at ProColombia, where she helps Colombian food producers understand the UK market and make the most of export opportunities here. Colombia, of course, is very well known as an exporter of bananas and coffee, but there is so much more to the country and its food production. And it was really great to catch up with Angelica to learn more about this and also get her perspective on how the country is responding to the threat of climate change and what its trading relations have been like with the UK post-Brexit. So that's coming up in a moment, but first let me bring you up to speed with some of the big food and grocery retail stories this week. Tesco has launched relief efforts to help Ukrainian refugees fleeing from Russia's attack on their country. It's using distribution centres in its central European business, including in Budapest, Bratislava and Prague, to send trucks with food, water, clothing and hygiene products. It's also working closely with food banks across the region. Halewood is moving production of its J.J. Whitley vodka brand from Russia to the UK following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Halewood said it was 100% opposed to the Russian army invasion of Ukraine and as a result had moved some production back to our site in Chorley with immediate effect. All explicit mentions of Russia have also been removed from the brand website. Sainsbury's has announced plans to close 200 of its in-store cafes, putting 2,000 jobs at risk. It's also closing hot food counters in 34 stores. It's now working with Boparin Restaurant Group to open new food halls, offering hot and cold food from brands such as Carluccio's and Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Grocery prices in the UK rose at the fastest rate in eight years in February, the latest Kantar data shows. Food price inflation hit 4.3%, the highest since September 2013. Kantar data also showed that Lidl has now overtaken Co-op to become Britain's sixth largest supermarket. In the latest 12-week data, Lidl's market share stood at 6.1% compared with 5.7% for Co-op. Shares of convenience retailer McColl's plummeted after the company confirmed it was in talks with banks to secure new funding to stave off collapse. The group employs about 16,000 staff across the UK. Tesco has announced it's moving its entire wet wipes range, including branded products, to plastic-free. Branded wipes containing plastic will be removed from sale later in March. Tesco stopped using plastic in its own label wipes about two years ago. 
And finally, Cosmic Crisp, the much-hyped apple variety from the US, has gone on sale in the UK for the first time. It will initially be available in M&S and on Ocado. And the Cosmic Crisp is described as a revolutionary apple, which is juicy and has a great balanced flavour profile. It will be promoted with the tagline, Heavenly Pleasure. These are some of the big food and grocery retail stories this week. You can find links to everything I mentioned in the show notes or on thepicklist.co.uk. And now, here's my conversation with Angelica Camacho-Gonzalez. Angelica, welcome to The Picklist. Thank you for being my guest. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for inviting me. For me, it's an honor to be here. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Now, you are a trade specialist at ProColombia. ProColombia is an agency that promotes exports, foreign direct investment and tourism on behalf of Colombia. You are based in London and have been for quite some time. And for the past three or so years, you've been really focused on helping Colombian businesses identify export opportunities and promote Colombian products and services in the UK and also in Ireland. And this, of course, includes food and drink. So I'm really excited uh, to have you on the podcast and talk to you about what is happening with Colombian food and drink exports in particular. To start us off, could you give listeners and me just a little bit of context on how important a market the UK is to Colombian food and drink producers and what kinds of products Colombia sells into the UK food and drink market? Uh, thank you, Julia. Yeah, for me, it's very nice to be here and, and, and be able to share with everyone what Colombia has to offer. But because what we have found as a promotion agency is that we, everyone sees Colombian products in their supermarkets and maybe they don't know they're coming from Colombia. Maybe they just think about coffee and maybe bananas, but nothing else. So, uh, yeah, so bananas are very, very important for Colombian exports. It's our largest export. It's probably 80% of the total that we export to the UK. And we are very well positioned. We also we have also like around 30% of the market here in the UK. You can find Colombian bananas in almost every supermarket here. Uh, follow after bananas, coffee is very important, as I already mentioned, that these are products that are very traditional for the Colombian let's say, food basket. But also we have been, uh, have, we've been doing lots of efforts to diversify that basket. So now avocados in the past five years have had an, an amazing growth. And now we are in the top 10 suppliers of avocados to the UK. And it's one of the largest markets for avocados, uh, Colombian avocados uh, for, for us. So this is very important as well. And what we have been also been trying to do is to support added value products. So in, in that sense, um, we have been helping and supporting a lot of Colombian companies that do uh, cocoa byproducts, for example. So chocolate is one of the products that are, has been growing a lot in the, in the past few years. And many of the chocolate brands that are very famous and have been growing quite a lot in the, in the UK market they they have Colombian chocolate, which is known for its fine flavor, and it's not like the traditional chocolate, but it's just like recognized for 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 the locations that is grown and the speciality that it has. Uh, so I I would say that these are like the main main products that we have. We have been pushing a lot a lot of exotic fruits. 
that we are trying to get more into the UK consumer. There, I feel sometimes you can see it in restaurants and bars, and sometimes it's not a product that households are buying because sometimes they don't know how to use it. But we're pushing and trying to help and seeing that after COVID and all these trends about eating more healthy foods and more nutritious foods, exotic fruits are really interesting and are really, uh, we have seen lots of buyers interested in this type of product. I'm so interested in what you were saying about exotic fruits and maybe bringing in um, some lesser known exotic fruits that UK shoppers here wouldn't be familiar with. What are some exciting exotic fruits that are really well known in Colombia that you wish uh, had found more traction over here? Yeah, so we have been having lots of exports of passion fruit, which is more known here in the UK, and it's probably together with pisalis, the ones that are more common, and they're coming from Colombia. You can find them in, in, in UK supermarkets. But we have seen that other products like pitaya or granadilla, which is, they are not very common in the UK. You can find them in just like specialty shops or very high-end um, shops. Um, that are very interesting, very nutritious, and there are some fruits that are very similar to figs that they, they, they do have a lot of nutritious, nutritional value. And they, because of the, they, their shape, they are even very, very strange for UK uh, consumers. So uh, there's like a yellow dragon fruit as well. So there are lots of them that we actually did an event last October that we actually was a coffee tasting session to introduce some of these exotic fruits. And many of the buyers and, and, and the journalists that were in the event, they were so curious about them because it's something that you don't really see here. So just like opening them and find different shapes and tastes. So it was quite interesting. And, 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 and what we see is that it's really to provide the opportunity to the public to see them and taste them and trying to understand because it's not familiar and obviously this makes challenge for us to try to sell them because if the public doesn't kind of know about them they can't really ask for it and buyers wouldn't buy them so it, it is a challenge but definitely uh, it's it's worth a shot because they are very delicious, very nutritious as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm so interested in that. And I, I guess, you know, I mean, the UK grocery retail environment is so competitive. Buyers are looking for points of difference and they are looking to offer different varieties, different products that, you know, consumers can't, can't buy in, in other places. So it feels like there, there must be an opportunity there to, to kind of, you know, take advantage of that desire to differentiate. Are you finding that you as an agency are looking at working with um, influencers, for example, to try and show these, you know, different fruits and how they can be used? Is that something that, that you've explored? Yeah, definitely. This is something that we have explored and we have done it as well uh, with together with uh, our offices around Europe. We, as an agency, we have presence all around the world. In Europe, we have around nine offices where we work together. And usually this type of initiatives, we work them as a team. So as for whole Europe, and we work with influencers and we work with traditional and new media to take to the, the final consumer that we can do different things with the type of these, these types of fruits. For, for example, last year with Fisalis, with Pierre Fagmet, the macaron um, brand, they did one with Fisalis. 
So it was a very unusual kind of flavor, but it was a very, very good, good thing to, to provide consumers with a different taste, something different. And, and as you were saying, like retailers and brands are looking to differentiate themselves with the others. And that's why we probably have seen it more in the high-end um, kind of segment that they are really kind of looking forward to see what they can offer differently from other brands. Uh, but definitely, this is a strategy that we have worked at ProColombia and they are continue working with. And we work together with also the associations back in the country that together is an effort, a, a, a communal effort, because it's not just us, we represent the Colombian exporters, but they themselves are associated, they are associations they, are, they belong to. And they are also resources from different places to organize these type of activities, because obviously uh, doing this type of um, campaigns in Europe, it's something that requires resources. So it's of always, course. it kind of join everyone together to, to push and to support the sector that is growing and and particularly Europe is one of the largest markets for these type of fruits. Obviously, Netherlands and sometimes Germany, they are bigger markets, but we have seen that in other markets in Europe, there are, there's lots of interest. And definitely after Brexit, we have seen more direct exports from Colombia for these type of, of products. And it brings me exactly to the question I was about to ask you, because I'm so intrigued about how Brexit um, and the new sort of international trading regime has changed relationships between Colombia and the UK. What impact have you seen in, in terms of um, how, how Brexit has changed that? What we have seen so far, particularly in the exports, uh, the amounts of exports, is that some of them are arriving now directly to the UK. It's really hard to really track and see that they are not going to the Netherlands, but they are coming directly. But that's what the figures showed without taking the COVID year, like 20 yeah. out of the map. But we saw a huge increase, and not just in food and drink, but for example, flowers that used, they used to go to uh, Holland, which is a massive hub for flowers, but we have seen a, a massive increase of flower exports to the UK. So it gives us a glimpse of what might be happening. Uh, obviously, there were some challenges for some importers and exporters that they used to use those um, logistic hubs, uh, such as Germany, Belgium, Holland, that obviously they do some other process for food and drink, for example. So there were some coffee brands that they do all the packaging in Poland, let's say, or in Eastern, in Eastern European countries. And because the product leave um, uh, the port and they have another type of process, they weren't be able to, to, to take advantage of the zero tariffs. So it will increase some, some of the, the prices for, for, for the producers and for, for everyone in the whole chain. So it was a challenge, particularly last year, and together with all the logistic issues with and with COVID, was very very challenging. But we have seen is that this has is become more stable, 
and companies have found a way to use other hubs or to trade directly with the UK. So it's it's become our role, it's become very important here. We work very closely also with the UK government, with the UK embassy in Colombia to try to guide uh, the Colombian companies, importers, any information that they require and see how we can help them or either to provide information or to connect them with any other logistical logistic partners or anyone that can support all the network and, and manage to, to, to get all the um, all, 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 everything going, let's say. And, and for us, it's been great. Last year was an, an amazing year for exports. We had um, a, a great increase in products such as coffee, which is like almost 40% compared with the previous year. Um, also like fresh, flat, fresh fruits, sorry, they were like 48% where avocados had like a massive role, but also the exotics that we were talking about, they were growing quite a lot. And, and, and for us, this is very, very nice to hear because the, those companies are uh, supporting lots of other farmers in Colombia, companies in Colombia, which had a very rough year uh, during COVID. And despite all of this, uh, 2021 was a, a, a year to celebrate in a way because us, we are a government agency. We are very focused on the economic recovery of the country. So UK is very important for us. And from the European uh, countries, we are we are between the third and fourth largest uh, destination for our exports. So our role here to continue and to keep growing those exports is fundamental for, for, yeah. for them, for the companies back, back home. I, I, I can imagine. How is the UK and the UK grocery retail market specifically, how are they perceived in Colombia? Because sometimes we hear that, you know, the UK is the UK, UK supermarkets are seen as very tough, very difficult to negotiate with. UK shoppers are seen as very demanding, always asking for new standards, wanting everything to be perfect not always being willing to pay the price for that for that per- perfection. Tell us a little bit about how the UK is seen in Colombia. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think for, for, for exporters in Colombia, UK supermarkets are very attractive because obviously we, we have seen it here. They they have, I don't know, 70, 80 percent of the of the, the grocery shopping for everyone here. So they know that those are the key partners that they must be looking for. But I think what we have seen on the companies that uh, are dealing with the supermarkets here in the UK, they have lots of experience working together. Uh, they know what are the requirements that they are asking. They, in some of the products, they work very, very closely, sometimes in, in, in direct relationships without any um, intermediaries. So um, they know, and we as 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 as, a, as an agency, and also because we are seeing here the market and looking what is happening, we're always providing feedback to the Colombian companies. What what not just the supermarket, for example, are looking for, but this is being driven as well for consumers, by consumers. So it's it's an educated consumer that is really interesting in knowing the story of the products, the quality of the products. So they know that they value those uh, relationships. They know what they, these represent for their businesses. Uh, so it's it's challenging, of course, for some of them because obviously this requires more quality controls, uh, more certifications. But in a way, that's that's how the business 
works in a way. And, and this also helps and allows that we as a country and, and, and the, um, the companies as well, the certifications is because people are interested that everyone in the whole supply chain is taken care of. So that they are taking care of their employees, of their environment. So it's, it's the perception that is, is, is uh, not tough, but is um, very demanding. But there is a, they understand why this happens. It's not just because, it's because really there is, the, the UK is seen as a pioneer in terms of the environment uh, compared, for example, with other countries. So they, they, they want to be on the, on the same page and also to, to, to continue doing business with the UK. So yeah, demanding, but at the same time, they understand why and they're always trying to look to, to take care of those relationships. It's really interesting to hear. And actually, it brings us perfectly to the first article that you've picked for our conversation, which is from Confectionery News. And the headline is Consumer Demand for Sustainably Sourced Products Sees Fair Trade Sales Boom. And just for the benefit of listeners, so this is uh, reporting that sales of fair trade cocoa and bananas are up 3% as more and more UK consumers are looking for ethical and sustainable sourcing credentials, exactly what you were just referring to. And they're also uh, citing research by Co-op, which suggests that overall fair trade sales are up 14%. And the point that I thought was quite interesting that the article makes is that this demand appears to be increasing despite the challenges of COVID and Brexit. Uh, And across the board, consumers are increasingly expecting products with strong ethical sourcing credentials and reassurances that um, everyone in the supply chain, as you say, has been treated fairly. And Helika, why did you pick this article? What stood out to you? I found it very interesting because in our, as I was saying, we are kind of the eyes and ears of the companies, the Colombian companies here in the UK. And this is something that we've been sharing with them all these years. And it's not just this trend, but this, uh, how the UK consumer really values um, fair trade really when companies are taking care of their employees when it's uh, in, when, 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 when the whole supply chain kind of works and is aligned with their values so it kind of reinforced what we've been saying to the Colombian companies and why it's important sometimes to acquire this type of certifications and why for buyers as well, they are looking for for, for, for this type of certification is because the consumer is looking for, for this. And, and as, as you were saying, despite COVID, uh, these sales that actually the price is, is they, they take obviously a higher price that they are increasing. And I think it's because when we stop with the whole COVID situation and we understand the logistic impact of maybe not having certain uh, foods or certain things in our homes, but realize it was a good time to stop and see how everything works, how my food is arriving to the supermarket. And okay, so what is the impact? So if this is not coming here, what is happening to the farmers that are not able to sell their produce? So I think this allowed people to really question themselves. I think we we come to a day and age where we everything is there and we probably don't know where, from, from where everything is coming. So. I think I found it interesting because definitely this is something that is going to stay. And for us as a promotion agency and responsible 
for telling our companies in Colombia what are the requirements from, from the different markets, what are the trends. Um, we are always have to be looking for this type of news and, 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 and telling them with figures. In the UK, as in, in pretty much every part of the world, there is a, a discussion about inflation, soaring costs and the cost of living crisis. Are you concerned and are Colombian food producers concerned that that willingness to pay extra for ethical credentials could reduce as people are becoming more focused on having to manage their household budgets? Yes, of course. And, and, and every start of the year that we do our planning and we can see what is what are the trends that are coming to, to, to the new year. Uh, this is something that we, we, we saw and that we share with the Colombian companies. And, and obviously it's, uh, uh, it worries them because Colombia, um, some of the Colombian products that are not, that are really specialized and we try to make sure that really we don't have really cases of or either child labor or, or these type of activities. This makes that some of the products are more expensive than in other parts of the world, not just in this sector, but across other sectors. So you can see as you are not as competitive as other parts of the world, but it's just because some of the practices that we do don't make to make the product so cheap. So obviously this, this is something that, that, that worries um, our companies and ourselves. But I think what we can try to focus in a way is to see how we can still manage to get uh, those products without, without compromising inequality and, and obviously trying to always see what other markets can we, can we um, go to. And as, 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 as I was saying uh, before, we, we have coverage around all the world. So we're always trying to see and, and seeing our strategy and telling the Colombian companies, okay, so um, things might be challenging in these markets, but there are some opportunities that are opening up in these other markets. So we're trying to, to always work for them and see how can we or either diversify in markets or some other products or help them know, okay, so there are some other products that you can maybe try or you can adjust your offering so they can match what they are looking for or the, the quality, the, the, yeah, the, the, the products that, that, that the market is asking for. That, that makes a lot of sense. Your second article, and it's, we're staying with uh, some really topical issues here. The second article you picked is from Fruitnet, and the headline is Scrap Produce Packaging Says Wrap. This is reporting on new guidance from Wrap, which really challenges the idea that plastic packaging always prolongs shelf life and therefore reduces food waste. And instead, they are urging retailers to sell uncut fruit and veg loose wherever possible and, of course, uh, cut out any unnecessary plastic packaging. Uh, there's also guidance to say, or reiterating guidance to say, um, you should also remove best before labels on uh, fresh produce. Um, when they looked at reformulating the guidance or, or redoing the guidance, they investigated five uh, types of produce that are particularly prone to being wasted, and bananas was one of them. Uh, and of course, given what you said about the importance of bananas to uh, to Colombia and, and Colombia's status as a major exporter of bananas, I was really keen to see you pick this article. How do you think Colombian banana exporters 
would have looked at this news from Rab? Yeah, of course, it would be interesting to, to see what is developing because we have seen it before with what France has introduced and Spain is looking to do it uh, quite soon. So for them is to kind of understand what is happening, how can I adapt and work together with the supermarkets? Because and I, as I understand as well for the, with, the, with the news is that they will be working together with the supermarkets to see how they can make this a reality and how this because this goes back to the producer and see in terms of costs what would be the implication of this type of of, of um, not just like initiatives so I think it's just to they will think okay so we need to <laughs> evaluate and see what was going to be what, what is going to be the impact obviously they understand what is what are all the trends that are happening regarding sustainability packaging uh, plastics and, and all of this but just in the in the practical set, in the practical sense is to see okay so if there's not going to be plastic what what do our product need to comply with or is there something else is there other packaging additional to plastic and all of that or or even to say, okay, so there, there are no plastic, maybe there could be less costs. So it will have to kind of start to see what are the each implication of the whole uh, process and start working together with importers here um, that they work very closely and obviously see how they can work together and, and, and find a solution or, or see how the impact could be. Are you finding that when uh, retailers in the UK and in other countries as well are making announcements about sustainability initiatives and they don't want to see plastic, um, that they are um, very focused on what is visible within their stores and what is visible, you know, I'm also thinking from a consumer perspective, what do I as the shopper see in the store I go to and in my home and that we're perhaps not paying enough attention to what is happening uh, further along the supply chain and the impact some of these decisions are having, as you said, you know, all the way down down to the producer base. Yeah, definitely. And and honestly, I think it happens to to ourselves when when maybe we are not so involved in the sectors. And and it happens sometimes in conversations with friends that they said it would be easier if something. And you said it's not that easy <laughs> because sometimes some 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 of the measures and particularly with plastic initially it comes from a good place because that I don't know putting bananas in plastic it showed that it would um, save some products so there wouldn't be so much waste and now there's uh, a study that says that it doesn't have to be that way so we are in a continuous. Um, change and new developments, new studies, and new ways to 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 do things. So sometimes, yeah, it's it's strange. And and I'm coming from a different country. I, I've been in the UK a long time, but I do remember at the beginning, and in, in Colombia, and particularly in 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 the the. Um, I don't know how to say it, but not like just in supermarkets, but you will go to farmer markets and, and you wouldn't see plastic. It's something that you really start seeing differently in other countries. So it's going back to basic. So it's similar. Like So it's going back to how we used to work things back at home in a country that produces fruits and, and, and vegetables. 
So yeah, I think that, that, that that's something that might happen, that focusing on, on what is shown, but I think there are very good initiatives and, 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 and people and companies and retailers are, are really driving this change and, and, and trying to, to see how the impact that we are doing as a society in, in, in the world can really um, change how things are going. But yeah, it's, it's a challenge and sometimes it's difficult to see how the impact goes back home. And, and, and we have been working very closely with the associations and together with other countries that, that produce some similar fruits as ourselves, particularly in the banana sector, we work very closely with Ecuador and other banana producers. And we join forces when we see that something maybe is not right and some negotiation is not working for producers and it's going to affect the livelihood of our farmers and we join forces and we kind of make our point. So I think we are in the challenge of, okay, we understand. We also want to have a better world and we don't have to, we don't want to see climate change maybe ruin the livelihoods of everyone in the world, but we also need to take care of our farmers and that all the burden in these type of initiatives that are looking, that are driving by consumers that are not impact just on farmers, but everyone in the supply chain. And we have also worked closely with Fairtrade, for example, to see how we can work it out and see and, and make this point to retailers and how we can work together and discuss and see how we can obviously uh, make changes, but that none of that is just a burden for, for farmers and producers in, in, in the countries that um, have this type of products. Absolutely. And you've already touched on climate change, which very neatly brings us on to the third article, which is uh, from the FT. And the headline is Risks to Global Supply Chains Rising as Climate Change Worsens, IPCC warns. So this is covering the latest report from the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which warns that global supply chains are increasingly at risk from global heating and extreme weather events. And food is seen as a, a sector that is potentially highly vulnerable, uh, with the report saying that damage to food storage caused by electricity failures and to transport foods could significantly decrease availability and increase the cost of 22 highly perishable nutritious foods such as fruits, vegetables, fish, meat, and dairy. Um, and one of the key messages that came out of the report was to say, okay, well, in light of this, we need to make sure that global supply chains and food supply chains in particular are much more resilient um, so that they are able to absorb any weather-related or climate-related shocks uh, more easily. And Angelica, I picked this article because Colombia is often highlighted as a country that is at high risk uh, from climate change. Crops like coffee are very vulnerable to global heating. And so you've already talked about making sure that the growers and producers are protected. And of course, that includes making sure they are protected from the effects of, of climate change and more extreme weather events. What does the debate on climate change look like in Colombia at the moment? And how is the food sector there adapting to the threat of global warming? 
thank you, Julia. Yes, uh, for us and, 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 and as a country, we are taking all sustainability and climate change very, very seriously, and we're taking it to the core of our operations, particularly from Colombia. As we mentioned, as you mentioned at the beginning, we work in three key areas, which is investment, tourism, and trade. And across the three areas, we have developed internally as for Colombia a sustainability strategy, but also that is coming from the government because um, we really understand that the impact that it is going to have to uh, our crops, our sustain, sustain economical sustainability. Um, so we really know that this is important. So on the investment side, for example, we have been trying to, to in, increase in, in, in investment in this type of technologies. For example, uh, we're promoting the adoption of, of new technologies that are very aligned with the SDGs and also to the arrival of sustainable development. Because as, as I say, we are a country that are very... Uh, prone for this type of, of events, but uh, we can do it. We can do it just ourselves. So for us, uh, trying to bring investment in this in this sector is very very important. For example, in in the energy sector, uh, although Colombia has a country that has a very clean ma matrix. Um, but we are doing lots of efforts to incorporate non-conventional renewable energy. And also the, the government is working on strategies to see how we can support farmers and help out with deforestation and support the different sectors that are key and that may, may be more vulnerable uh, for climate change. And for example, the, our president, um, was uh, here at COP26 last year, and it was um, leading kind of the Latin American uh, group. Uh, so for us, it's very important, and we take it very, very seriously. And for example, as, uh, as I was saying, in Colombia, we are developing a new strategy in the three key areas, uh, in, in, in exports particularly. And as, as I was saying, like it's good for us to track all this type of news is because Part of our strategy is to educate and share this information with the Colombian companies so they are prepared what is required, what is happening, uh, so carbon neutral. So in terms of this, this type of initiatives that we have seen that it's going to become a, a requirement for buyers, but obviously the impact that it's going to have and, and they need to be prepared, they need to know that is coming and how we can support them. So this strategy is looking for them to understand um, what is the requirements, what, what is expected and what we can do and find those allies here in this market or in other parts, for example, in Europe, where we've seen that this um, initiative is stronger. Uh, those allies that can help Colombian companies to achieve those goals and to be prepared uh, for, for this um, this thread and we are the most biodiverse country in the world per square meter so we have a large um, number of animals endemic species so we we do understand that this is something that we really need to take care of and we need to commit to to protect these areas and protect all the water resources and we can do it together with the companies and international allies that are really supporting this initiative I'm really interested in what you were saying there about biodiversity, because you're absolutely right. There's also growing 
um, awareness, I think, among UK consumers and, of course, retailers and, and, and feed companies that biodiversity was, was something that wasn't really talked about that much even just a few years ago. But it's really risen, I think, in, in terms of public awareness. Um, and there is a lot of interest in making sure that sustainable practices don't just lead to lower emissions and, and, and potentially uh, a, a better carbon footprint, but also really uh, protect biodiversity. Are you finding that given how rich Colombia is uh, when it comes to biodiversity, that this is opening up new opportunities to bring the story, the production story to life a little bit more, given that the consumers are really interested in the impact on biodiversity? Yeah, definitely. And this is something that we also share a lot with the Colombian companies, because sometimes we, I believe that we have seen it there all of our life and we think this is normal and this is our where we live and just it is like maybe other parts of the world look similar. And what we're trying to tell them is no, there, there is really a story to tell that people really are interested to know these stories and to know the diversity of plants, of animals that Colombia has and also how in different regions of Colombia is probably five times the size of the UK. It's a very large country. And the Amazon has a, 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 a very important part. And also we have the on the Pacific side of Colombia, there's one of the most humid places in the world, which is allows to a, a, a huge quantity of insects and different types of plants. We are uh, one of the largest um, countries for uh, bird watching, for example. So we have around 70 endemic birds in Colombia that you would only find there. This is a story that is now very interesting for everyone to hear. And those uh, products that are connected with these stories and these places, which are very magical now with Encanto, which was the movie, Disney movie that was released uh, on December, it was a great opportunity for us to tell the story about Colombia and how the products that are related and are coming from the country come from some magical places. And, and, it, and it might sound very kind of Disney uh, in a Disney way, but it, it is. And there are some coffee brands that are uh, supporting the, the some birds species in different parts of the country. So there's a connection between the products and how we are looking after this type of uh, animals and plants. So uh, it is indeed a great way to, to sell these products. And we have seen that buyers here in the UK are interested in those, uh, for example, in the cacao sector as well. They are very interested in the stories and farmers and small producers. And, and for example, some of these um, crops are substitute for illicit crops. That obviously we understand that it it, 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 it comes in the history of Colombia, and we are doing something to try to alleviate and and to change that. Um, so there we we have we have been working together with uh, companies that are trying to produce other products, new products, different products, some different oils from plants that we have never never heard from before, um, and and they are doing so taking care of the environment and see how we can provide new products for, for international markets that there is interested as well, uh, uh, interested in, in, in they're being interesting for, for the consumer. So 
it is indeed, and, and, and we try to, to take advantage of, of that as well, because it's a great opportunity for us, not just to sell Colombia as a sourcing destination, but also as a tourism destination uh, and a destination for investment. Fantastic. We're nearly out of time, but um, I wonder if you could challenge one impression or perception that you think UK retail buyers have or perhaps UK consumers have of Colombia a misconception a stereotype something you often hear that just makes you go oh I just wish people finally understood that the reality was very different what would that be I think it's to understand that probably what they have heard or seen from Colombia from 30 years ago has changed and give give the opportunity to see the country on a different optic and from no judgment and to really uh, connect with the country and see how it's different. And also one of the other perceptions could be that we just sell bananas and coffee. We do. Yeah, we are strong in those sales and we want to keep maintaining those sales and if we can grow, we will be able to grow. But there's more than that. So even in coffee, we don't just sell green coffee. We also roast uh, coffee in Colombia and we are getting very good companies and very good offer of coffee roasted in Colombia, which actually leaves more to the farmers than the one that is probably roasted in other parts of the world. So we do produce chocolate, which is from a great quality, not just cacao and also snacks and lots of products that could definitely you can see in, in UK supermarkets. It's just to give the opportunity to these companies and to us to introduce you to um, producers that are really interested to commit to provide high quality products and to, uh, to be a, a, a great business partner, to, to, to really comply what is required to um, be kind of serious and, and, and really commit to this market. Colombian companies really, really want to be in the UK market. <laughs> we have seen, we, we've seen it every day. They, they see it as an attractive market. And, and sometimes, yeah, Colombia probably is not in the map because historically we are not so close. The UK has ties with other countries that are, were part of the British Empire, maybe in Asia, maybe in Africa, and probably Latin America is not so look uh, for, for, for business opportunities. But we are there, and, and, and in Colombia, we are happy to help. We're always um, able to provide connections and provide support and, and, and to help develop those uh, business relationships and to uh, just have a glimpse of what Colombia has to offer and how we can help you to, to, to know more about the country and maybe change those misconceptions or to see what opportunities you can find. Fantastic. And Angelica, if people want to get in touch with you and take you up on that offer and, and find out more about um, the, the opportunities with, with Colombia, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there and probably you, you will have my full name that sometimes it's not so I will do <laughs> for, for English speakers. Uh, but we can also you can also connect with ProColombia, uh, our website. You can find information of our London office. Uh, our email is very easy to, to, to find, london at ProColombia.co. Uh, but also just reach, reach out on LinkedIn. I think that's the best way to, to connect with us. Fantastic. Angelica, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure.
Thank you, Julia. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was a great conversation. And, and for me, it's always a pleasure to talk about Colombia and, and to probably plant some seeds in, 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 in someone that is really looking forward to, to know more about Colombia or buy Colombian products and, and bring them to the UK. Absolutely. I'm excited to find out more about those exotic fruits in particular. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and found it useful. If you did, please consider giving The Picklist a five-star rating on whichever platform you're listening and leave a review. It tells me you're enjoying the show and would like it to continue, and it helps me reach more listeners. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn at juliaglotz.com and on thepicklist.co.uk. And if you'd like more thought-provoking reads for your personal reading list, please subscribe to The Trim, my free weekly newsletter at juliaglotz.com forward slash newsletter. See you next time.